Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show. Thank you for joining us to lead, learn, and laugh. Learn market knowledge and best practices to lead your company's success. And that's whatever type of company you work with and laugh. I believe we have to have some fun along the way. Well, hello, I'm Michael Bull, your host to the world of commercial real estate. If you have any questions or comments related to today's show or about any commercial real estate related endeavors, you're invited to call, email, friend, follow, tweet, connect, or join our circle. You can find all our contacts and connections at the show website, commercialrealestateshow.com. Well, today we're going to look at the current and future state of the multifamily market. Is it still good timing to buy apartments? Is overbuilding a challenge for some markets? And will the strong property level performance we've seen continue as the single family market improves? Well, there are lots of questions and we have lots of answers starting for you right now. Please welcome my first guest, Greg Willett, Vice President, Research and Analysis, MPF Research, a division of RealPage. RealPage is a leading provider of on-demand products and services to the rental industry. One of their services is MPF Research. MPF has been providing market intelligence and objective insights to the multifamily industry since 1961. And get this, in the last quarter, they surveyed more than 7.5 million units. Greg Willett, thanks for joining us today. It's great to be here, Michael. Well, Greg, thank you. As always, you have great information there. And, and tell us, uh, how was the overall U.S. apartment sector uh, year-to-date in 2013? What do you see for performance? Um, looking at occupancy numbers, really we have been uh, essentially full uh, across the country for right at two years now. At the end of first quarter, our occupancy number was 94.9%. We're just seeing slight seasonal shifts in that at this point. Um, the rent growth story, you know, if you look over the past few years, it's a, it's a terrific story. Um, since pricing bottomed at the end of 2009, rents are up almost 11%. And if you compare to pre-recession highs, we're up um, about 5%. Having said that, the, the momentum has slowed down a little bit as we went through 2012 and early 2013 with annual pricing up 2.6% versus at the peak of growth, we were at, at 4.8%. Um, looking at, as we're going into second quarter and, and looking uh, at results that we can get almost real-time information from um, some of the technology products that, that RealPage provides, the second quarter numbers are looking, frankly, pretty spectacular. Mm-hmm. And that momentum has, which had been trailing off, does seem to be coming back in a pretty big way in second quarter. Okay. So are rents as high now or higher than they were pre-recession? Yeah. Again, on a national basis, um, rents are about 5% over the previous peak. Um, and in a lot of markets, uh, the improvement is, is even better than that. Okay. And is that for just Class A communities, or does that include B and C? And what differences do you see there in performance? You, you know, I mean, that number is really looking across the product spectrum. Um, in terms of what's happening by product class right now, on the national picture, not a whole lot of, of differences. Then every segment seems to be performing about in line with that national norm. But when you go into individual metro areas, you certainly do uh, see some key differences. 
Um, for, for example, in the bubble burst for sale housing markets where there's still some recovery going on, it tends to be the top-end product that is still at this point leading the way. On the other hand, if you go to some areas where we've already gone through that recovery phase and now we're in expansion level with significant new supply starting to come on stream, in those markets, it tends to be the middle market product that is actually leading the, the pack at this point. Okay. So what are some example cities that are kind of at the, the bottom of the spectrum or the top? Um, you know, if you look at overall performance, the standouts tend to be uh, the Pacific Northwest, and particularly the Bay Area is doing well. Um, at the bottom of the, the list, and this has been true for throughout the last couple of years, Las Vegas, Virginia Beach are, are always showing up at the bottom. Um, I, some select Midwest locales where the economy is not in great shape, St. Louis is probably the key example of that. Okay. Well, Greg, since the apartment market has performed so well, how have multifamily REITs performed, and, and have they outperformed the other REITs and, and the stock market? You know, as you look over time, um, certainly the performance of the, the multifamily REITs, um, those numbers are really strong, but they were really first out of the gate as the economy overall went uh, started to improve. Um, so, so most of that premium has, has has already occurred. And then if you look, really the, the last um, – six months to to a year, REITs have tended to perform um, in line with the overall stock market or actually even a little bit weaker. Uh, again, good long-term numbers. The results of late have not been spectacular. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Well, Greg, uh, what are some of the fundamentals that are affecting the market at this point in the cycle? Uh, certainly, you look at the uh, job creation among young adults. Um, that's always a big deal, and I'll point out that um, job creation for young adults is actually stronger than overall job creation at this point, so that's feeding in some, some demand. And then it's also important to look at the construction stats. Some of the industry organizations have seemed to make me the, the point guy out there saying we ought to be a little bit cautious about how much we're building. Um, we're, we're comfortable with how much is under construction right now, but as I, I'm looking at these numbers in a lot of markets, I wouldn't necessarily want to see that level ramp up uh, too much from where we are at this point. And, and actually, I don't think that it will ramp up that much um, w once we get into the next year or so. Partly that reflects some rising construction costs um, and the fact that we've really pretty much exhausted the sites that were ready to go as we came out of the recession. And so we, we've got to go through that new site creation and the authorization process for, for those sites. And that just takes a while. Right. We're talking with Greg Willett with MPF Research, which is a division of RealPage. And you guys are a, a good source for developers to decide if they should be building or lenders lending. So what are your predictions for the apartment sector performance uh, moving forward? Um, we do think we have a couple of years where um, the occupancy rate, again, pretty much stabilizes at, at where it is at this point, maybe drifting down just a tiny bit, reflecting that you're going to have more new product in lease-up, but the existing properties remaining pretty full. And, and we've really reached the stage of the cycle where we would expect to see rent growth 
kind of holding around that long-term norm, which is two and a half to three percent. So good normal growth then. Yeah, I mean, it's really the store, overall story is we've gotten to uh, a phase of the cycle where it's returned to normal in, in most places, which I think that's good. Um, I really like to see some stable numbers sustained over time. Okay. Well, let's talk about the investment sales market for a moment. How have apartment sales fared recently, and, and how's the volume and cap rates compared to, to previous years? As you look at numbers for 2013, you have to take into consideration that the overall numbers are, are impacted by that one huge mega deal we had with uh, Equity Residential and Avalon Bay uh, splitting up the portfolio from Archstone. Um, if you take that one out, um, transaction volume has been um, okay. Again, kind of that story of returning to normal, not a huge number. Um, if there's one area that really does show some momentum on the transaction side, it's that middle market bread and butter product in, in secondary markets. That area um, hasn't been picked through to quite the degree um, that the top tier product in, in trophy uh, metros has okay. and already it, occurred. And is that where you see the uh, opportunities for some investors at this point? You know, I, I, I think for right now, the, the one wild card that I would throw in there is that we actually, with construction activity having ramped up, we're about to deliver some terrific assets uh, in some markets that a lot of folks would like to be in. And I think that could kick transaction activity at the top of the market back into, into motion. Okay. Well, Greg Willett, thanks for joining us today. We sure appreciate your intel. Great. Great to be here, Michael, and appreciate the opportunity to join you. Thank you. And for more information from MPF Research, visit realpage.com and at the tab Products, choose MPF Market Analysis. You know, if you have an interest in the apartment industry in any way, be sure to check out the resources at realpage.com. I think you'll like what you see there. Well, stay tuned. We'll have more intel on the apartment industry. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. Welcome back. I'm Michael Ball, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. If you appreciate the show, pay it forward. Reach out to the show's sponsors to see how they may benefit your business or someone you know. Just look for the tab Show Sponsors at CommercialRealEstateShow.com. While you're at the site, you're also invited to check out the blogs, videos, and the professional directory. Well, today we're discussing the apartment industry. Please welcome Ernie Eden, Senior Vice President with the Apartment Group at Bull Realty. The Apartment Group provides acquisition, marketing, and consulting services for clients in the apartment industry with a focus on properties around Atlanta and the Southeast U.S. Ernie has been in the apartment industry for 30 years, including time with Freddie Mac. Ernie Eden, thanks for joining us today. Great to be here. Thank you, Michael. Also, please welcome Marvin Banks, Advisory Board, Cortland Partners, and Director, Private Bank of Buckhead. Marvin has enjoyed an impressive career in the apartment industry, including executive positions with Trammell Crow Residential, Gables Residential, and Cortland Partners. 
He provides strategic consulting services in the real estate industry and teaches a course on REITs in the graduate school at Emory University. Marvin Banks, welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show. Michael, thank you. It's great to be here with you and Ernie and Greg. Well, thank you. And, you know, we just heard from Greg, as you said, about property performance, and the sector is still doing very well. However, as everyone knows, real estate always cycles. So timing and cycles can play an important role in part of your successful investing. Considering the various classes of apartments, Marvin, where are we in the cycle? Well, I think for Class A apartments, we're headed into the fourth inning of a nine-inning game. Mm-hmm. And for Class B, we're probably somewhere in the middle of the third inning. And it's really a function of two parts of the cycle. There's the mm-hmm. capital market, and then there's the space market. Mm-hmm. On the fundamental demand side of the equation, you heard Greg talk about how well occupancies and rents have performed at the A space, and quite frankly, nationally. So we have moved through the recovery in that uh, component of the cycle. Uh, for the B market, there's still a little bit of occupancy or rental uh, rate gain uh, to be achieved. So we're, we've got a little bit of the recovery left. On the capital side of the equation, uh, cap rates are clearly uh, low for uh, are fully valued for a Class A apartment, so the recovery is fully played there. We have some compression that will occur in the B and C markets for cap rates, so there's a little bit of play left in that recovery cycle before it moves into the expansion part of the longer-term cycle. Okay. So where do you see cap rates and buy opportunities, say, in the B class? In the B class market, cap rates are in the 6% range. Uh, where the A's are in the fives and fours. And quite frankly, it's an outsized arbitrage right now between the uh, B's and the A's. The A's dropped faster, and the normal correlation between A's and B's has gapped out over the last several years, creating an arbitrage opportunity for those who are looking at B's today. There's probably 50 basis points or maybe a little bit more of compression that can occur in the B space relative to historic norms for um, Class A apartments. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. And Ernie, what do you see for cap rates and, and buyer opportunities in B? And, and if you will, touch on C apartments. On the B, we're seeing, uh, again, between six and seven, we've got some people who have a different interpretation of what a cap rate is, depending on expenses, capex, et cetera. But, um, so there's quite a bit more range. Uh, in the C's, there's even more of a range, and, and it goes from seven if you can find a stabilized C property that's truly stabilized in this market. Uh, and it goes on up to about a 10 if, if something is a real problem. And there's still plenty of properties that are C's that are bought on a per-pound basis. Yeah. Okay, so Ernie, can you still get a good deal in the apartment market today? Absolutely. There are plenty of sellers who bought something during the last three years, during the downturn, who have uh, bought at a 40 or 50% occupancy and raised it up to 70 or 80 or 90. Uh, and there's still meat on the bone for those who want to buy those and some of those sellers are now selling and there's still properties that are uh, have been foreclosed and are being foreclosed in the c properties especially okay and ernie you also have the funds right that have have bought properties that uh, may be bringing those to market absolutely Uh, there's more and more of that okay and marvin you know i think i agree with ernie there is still some meat on the bone there's a time in the cycle in the recovery part of the cycle where you get great deals and then as you move into the next phase of the cycle, which is where we are moving as we evolve, it is great to get a deal because there's still plenty of legs left in the run in the space. And so most of the great deals have been had. Now it's great to get a deal because there's plenty of legs left. Right. I like that. So why is so much capital interested in apartments and in commercial real estate in general right now, Marvin? 
Well, I think it's uh, maintenance of purchasing power. Uh, we have monetary and physical policy, which for years have been inflation-oriented. Uh, every national, not every, but essentially the consensus with national economists is that we need to inflate our way out of the debt problem that we have in the country. And so with the uh, specter of inflation occurring at some point, it's not here today, uh, capital is looking for hedges and something that's going to maintain purchasing power. Hard assets, real estate being one, is a great inflation hedge. And so capital is coming into the sector partly as an inflation hedge play for the future and play in the recovery that we see in the space market uh, that Greg talked about and Ernie alluded to. Okay, and Ernie, there's some other reasons people are buying apartments, right? One of the things uh, people like apartments is that typically you can raise the income a lot faster than in some commercial properties that may have a longer lease. Uh, you know, typically apartments have one-year leases, and in the course of a year or two, you can really make a dramatic changes in some cases. Okay, and I guess when you when you get away from the A, where there's typically just real good management available, there's also more upside potential, I guess, with uh, more effective management in the B and C, right? Absolutely. We, we find occasionally we'll do a, a market survey and we'll find that there's a property that an institution may own, primarily a, a lender who's taking it back. It's, it's 70, 80 percent occupied. And we'll do a market survey and, and the, the range will go anywhere from, uh, you know, the same kind of rate up to 99 <laughs> percent in the case of a really well-managed property. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of different components, I think, when you look at B's uh, operating uh, relative to A's. In the B's, some of the... Um, things you focus on from an operations perspective is uh, collection loss, especially at this point in the cycle, where the A's really don't have to worry about that issue today. And then expense management is much more of an issue uh, at the B space than it is at the A's because the A's tend to be newer and therefore um, are maintained a little bit better. Okay. And Ernie, are you finding that the the buyers and sellers in these uh, B-class apartments, you know, they run their properties differently? Is that why you're, you're seeing uh, differences in uh, NOI and cap rate estimates on these properties? In many cases, that's the case. Uh, some, they, in some cases, they have different um, amounts of overhead. Uh, in other cases, they, they're, if, if the owner is the operator, they sometimes are there every day or every other day, and they, they really pay attention to some of the details a lot more than, than a larger owner might. Okay, so if in my expenses I have a Mercedes and a Maserati that I may be spending too much. <laughs> we do see that occasionally. No, actually, I've, I've got a, uh, an old uh, the General, right, with an X on top, uh, you know, driver. <laughs> that, that way when I come up to the apartment community, the tenants don't think I'm doing too well, right? Absolutely. I did have a client we were managing apartments for, and he came in an old truck all the time, right? And then uh, one day I saw him out and uh, – he was in a Porsche Cabriolet convertible turbo thing. And I said, wow, when did you get this? He said, oh, I've had it all the time. I just don't want you got. <laughs> want you vendors knowing that, right? All right. Well, it's interesting, you know, with the inflation probably going to kick in at some point in this recovery, uh, I think apartments are a good investment, and uh, there's certainly a good upside in B and C. And I think it also depends on on the cities and the markets you get to. So we're going to get more into that and some of the uh, challenges that operators are having and how to overcome those and what's happening in some of these uh, cities right now in these uh, various markets. So more intel headed your way. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial real estate show we'll be right back
Does your company provide professional services to the commercial real estate industry? The Commercial Real Estate Show is an excellent way to reach your target audience. For advertising options, visit CommercialRealEstateShow.com or call 888-612-SHOW. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Wall. Hey, you may be listening to the show anywhere from Orlando to San Francisco today. The show has been broadcast around the world for two and a half years on iTunes, multiple websites, and is aired on 10 radio stations across the U.S. We'd like to say hello to our listeners in Dallas, listening on AM 1160, KVCE, Dallas-Fort Worth's Business Authority. Well, today we're discussing the apartment market with Marvin Banks and with Ernie Eden with the apartment group at Bull Realty. And, And Marvin, what about operators today? What are are some of the challenges that operators are having? Well, there are a couple of challenges. One on the revenue side of the equation, as um, we referred to a little bit earlier, the B and C level, there's still a a collection issue uh, as uh, as that market, that part of the market firms up. But the uh, across the board, one of the things that's impacting uh, operators is on the expense side of the equation. Mm -hmm. Clearly now, we are starting to see property taxes increase. As uh, revenues are increasing, you heard Greg talk about the uh, revenue growth across the market, and uh, municipalities are aware of that, and so property taxes are starting to increase. And, you know, residents don't pay more rent just because property taxes go up. But more importantly than that, perhaps, is that there's been a number of changes in building codes over the years. And every time building codes change, previous properties are obviously uh, grandfathered under those. But municipalities are now coming back on a number of life safety issues uh, fire safety prevention, rails uh, in staircases, rails around the pool, how tall are they, how close to the pools are they, and so forth. And they're now starting to enforce those on previous properties that were grandfathered. So that is a, causing an increase in cost that the operators are having to deal with where the residents really aren't paying any more rent for it. And they don't perceive value. There's a safety value there, but they don't perceive there's a lack of safety today. So the enforcement of these um, changes in code provisions over the years where the building uh, where the municipality can do that is an increased cost that we see more municipalities around the country doing time and time again especially for the older properties which um, which have been grandfathered and and really need to be brought up to date and quite frankly many municipalities aren't enamored with the uh, older residents uh, or excuse me the older property uh, profile in their cities because of the resident profile. So that's why they're so hard on, on apartment communities. They're certainly trying to make it more difficult. And a number of uh, a number of communities around the a number of cities around the country have actually purchased older apartments and torn those down to create parks or green space. That's how much they don't like apartments. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Let's talk about uh, building apartments, Marvin. Any chance that we're overbuilding? Well, I think one of the biggest issues for operators at the A space is that we don't have enough apartments in this country. For that's, the their, that's their problem. So there's the answer. <laughs> uh, we are building more, but we're building substantially less than is required. Yeah. And uh, part of that is because uh, while there's demand has been there, uh, you need supply. And supply requires zoning. It requires financing. And with the banks shut down for the last number of years, you couldn't get financing. So if you couldn't get financing... You couldn't go through the uh, design and build phase, and so we're there's an out-of-phase shift between demand, which is up, and supply, which was dependent on the capital markets. It just hasn't been financed, so it hasn't been built, so there's just not enough supply. And how are you finding construction costs right now? 
Uh, construction costs are increasing in a number of categories. Lumber is up uh, 50% in the last six or seven months. Uh, concrete's moving. Labor is starting to move. And it's spotty in different places around the country, depending on what the labor pool was. Uh, but one of the uh, biggest concerns we have as an industry, I think, is the single-family home market. When the single-family home market construction starts to pick back up, then there'll be an excess uh, demand for lumber, concrete, drywall, labor, and it takes two or three times the amount of material to build a single-family home unit than it does to build an apartment unit. So as single-family home construction picks up, that's where we're going to start to see construction costs on the multifamily side take a big step up. Okay. And Ernie, as these construction costs increase, how is that affecting the way investors think about buying existing properties? Well, they're more interested in buying some of the properties they can buy for less than replacement costs because they can buy them at a real bargain and do some work, upgrade them, and they're still way below what it would cost to build new apartments today. Okay. So that's just one of the factors that some of these value-add buyers are are going in and looking for things. And and do they have various uh, percentages of under- construction costs that they're telling you they're looking for? Uh, not particularly. I mean, everybody's got their own way of looking at things. One of the things we have noticed is that with construction costs going up, uh, there are in certain markets people looking at doing these micro-apartments, um, you know, three, four, five hundred square feet. And I don't know if that's a new thing or it's just a flash in the pan. We'll see. Yeah. Well, that's certainly interesting. Well, we're going to take a short break here and we get back. We'll talk about how the single family home sales is affecting the apartment industry and what to expect there moving forward. And also how the job market is affecting the apartment industry. So after a quick break, more Intel for you. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by France Media. France Media provides exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit francemediainc.com or call 404-832-8262. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. If you'd like to know the absolute latest on any commercial real estate-related topics, check out our on-demand show podcast. For example, we've produced recent shows on the hospitality sector, the office market, and the retail investment sector. And be sure to catch a show on how the tax changes of 2013 may affect the commercial real estate industry. You can access shows anytime on your smartphone or computer. Just visit iTunes or the show website, commercialrealestateshow.com. Well, today we're discussing the apartment market with Marvin Banks and Ernie Eden. And gentlemen, I'd like to ask you about the single-family home market as as sales are improving there and these tenants see housing prices improving. How could that affect the apartment market performance moving forward? Well, Michael, the uh, single-family market is the backdoor exit for apartment renters. And so it does impact um, occupancies and rents to a degree. But you have to look at it relative to what's coming in the front door. And quite frankly, for the last 15 years or so, Gen X has been the primary um, population that's moving through the apartment demand curve. And there's 42 million units of people in that group. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've now moved into uh, Gen Y, the echo boom, the millennial generation, and whatever you want to refer to it as. The important thing there is there's 81 million strong in that group. So we have twice as many people coming in the front door as we might have leaving out the back door as single-family homes pick up. You know, a 23-year-old is really not going to buy a home 
but someone who's 32 may. And so uh, while we watch the back door through single-family home sales, there is so much more demand coming in the front door, then it's not going to be much of an issue for a number of years. Not to mention um, some of the back door has been stemmed because of uh, the, own, the down payment requirements that are now in place in the uh, mortgage market. Well, that's interesting uh, to look at the demographics as a reason why the apartment uh, demand is going to, to stay strong. And it makes a lot of sense. The demographics are undeniable. Yeah. Okay. And how about the job market? You know, how, how is that affecting apartment property performance? Well, it's interesting. Jobs are, are the primary driver of demand for almost all types of um, commercial real estate and certainly for apartments. Uh, and those demographics pay a, play a big um, part in what's going on with jobs. Uh, it's interesting that during the 1990s, as a decade, it took 12 jobs to create one unit of apartment demand. Now, the average over the last 30 or 40 years has been six units of job creation for one unit of apartment demand. But in the 90s, it took 12 jobs to create one unit of apartment demand. But if you go back to the time period from 75 to 85, it only took four jobs to create one unit of apartment demand. And if you match that up with demographics, back in 75 to 85, my generation, the boomers, were entering their primary renting years. And so as we got jobs, we rented apartments because that's what we did in that part of our life. Today, if you match those curves up from a correlation standpoint, the echo boomers are about where we were in 1975. And so that suggests it may only take four jobs to create one unit of apartment demand over the next five or six years, as it did in 75 to 85. Well, that's interesting. And Ernie? The other thing I've noticed is that uh, we're now at 65% home ownership, which is the lowest rate since 1995. Uh, for the last several years, it's been decreasing from a high of about 69.5% or so. And there are some people who look around, young people who look around and say, I don't really want to buy a house because I see what my families and relatives and friends have gone through and they've lost their homes, and their lives are somewhat destroyed, and so on. And so I think there's, in some cases, there's somewhat reluctance to think about that. So the rose may be off the bloom a little there. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, let's talk about operations uh, for a moment. What are some of the newer things you see in operations, uh, Marvin, that are helping managers improve performance today? Well, the revenue optimization tools uh, mm-hmm. that are in place now mm-hmm. that the airline and hotel industry started with years and years ago are now being uh, deployed throughout the multifamily industry. And there is no doubt, if you look at the uh, information that uh, MPF and Greg tracks, mm-hmm. uh, they will clearly show that those properties in the same submarkets that have revenue optimization tools outperform those properties that do not. And so the industry is clearly moving there. It's a great tool for management. Some people say, well, it takes the uh, operating decision away from the property manager. I don't look at it that way. I actually look at it as it enhances the property manager's decision-making process because now there's another tool that is valid and data allows it to be valid. And so we can make better decisions. And as a result, we can move rents faster. Now that's not great for the resident because rents are going to move faster when, when the market demands it. And we're in a, we're in a demand bias market today. And, but it's a great tool for the operator to use relative to what they did in the past which was much more of a shot in the dark. Yeah, that's very interesting. I mean, these revenue management tools uh, will reset rent sometimes daily. So an apartment tenant can come in today and the rent may be different uh, tomorrow. And uh, it's using a lot of information uh, to help managers set those rates. What, what kind of information is it using? Well, there is, uh, it's not all 
computer driven. If it was all quantification, mm-hmm. uh, companies like GE would own us all. But the um, they don't. <laughs> well, you're right. Maybe they do. The uh, but what we do see is a number of inputs. So there are surveys that are done, and firms like uh, MPF are doing a lot of surveys and providing data. I mean, RealPage has a revenue optimization uh, program, and so they're getting their data from uh, MPF's research and uh, the. Property managers are surveying their competitive properties and, and inputting some of that data. So while it's not perfect science, there's a lot more science to it today than there was. And as a result, you can look at unit types, uh, notices for certain unit types relative to what you think is going on at the uh, competing properties in your submarket. And you're right, rents can be adjusted daily, up or down. And in a rising market, they're going to be adjusted up much more frequently. Yeah, I like that. I mean, when I was uh, managing apartments, when I was a young man, I had to call all the other communities to find out what their rents were and, and, and how to compete with them. And so now you can you know, pay a service like MPF and get revenue management, and you've got all that information at your fingertips to make decisions. We're real short on the break, but do you also use it to set renewal rates? No doubt. Uh, mm-hmm. That's that's part of the equation. It's not just new leases. It's, it goes into renewal rates, and, and we and the, the machine understands how much it costs to turn a unit and factors that into the decision process. And knows how many uh, units you have coming up and the cost to CapEx that it costs to, to fix up those exactly. units and get them ready. It's, that's Great incredible. Tool. Well, quick break. More on the multifamily market. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Does your company provide professional services to the commercial real estate industry? The Commercial Real Estate Show is an excellent way to reach your target audience. For advertising options, visit CommercialRealEstateShow.com or call 888-612-SHOW. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We have some very interesting shows coming up for you, including a show with interviews from the Ackerman U.S. Real Estate Summit in Miami, a show covering the ICSC Recon Conference in Vegas, and an interesting show on apps called There's an App for That. Be sure to catch shows of special interest to you. Sign up for a once-a-week email announcing the show topic at commercialrealestateshow.com. Well, today we're discussing the apartment market with Marvin Banks and Ernie Eden. And Ernie can you share some operational tips for managers to improve performance or, or property values right now? Yes, the, particularly for older properties. In many cases, water costs have gone through the roof, water and sewer costs. And by submetering water, uh, you can show a huge effect on the bottom line. And it's something that I recommend everybody consider. Uh, sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's not, but it's a real moneymaker. And guess what? They start uh, using less water, don't they? They do. <laughs> and Marvin, do you have a uh, a tip for operations uh, to improve performance and values? Well, I think uh, if you just show up, <laughs> show up. The fundamentals in our business are so strong that if you show up and you operate your property well, uh, values are going to increase because we've got such demand. Now, you do need to uh, watch the expense side of the equation. And quite frankly, one of the biggest expenses shows up on the revenue side, and that's collection loss or delinquency. And so starting to firm those credit standards, and um, which, will, which will reduce your delinquency or collection loss, uh, is a great way to uh, improve your performance and get ahead of the curve and, and, and value follows. And I think that's a really interesting point you make there because I think when when – 
people could buy a house if they fogged a mirror. I guess there was a lot of apartment communities that relaxed their qualifying standards, right? So it may be a time to, to look at that again. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and the buying the home thing was in the in the early and mid-2000s. And then if you look in the late 2000s, uh, first part of this uh, decade of this uh, century, uh, we had the major dislocation in the financial markets and, and Great Recession. And so that further uh, put a damper on... Um, and, and as a result, an increase in the relaxation of those credit standards. There are a number of property managers who have been property managers at the site level who've been in the business for five, seven, maybe 10 years who really haven't been in an environment where they could really raise rents. You mean we could raise rents? <laughs> yes. So they don't know how. They've all been focused on physical occupancy. They really haven't been focused on raising rents. So the revenue optimization tools help them. But I think one of the things that operators can do is really start to focus and through some training programs and there are training programs you can do from some third-party vendors to uh, teach your property managers how to raise rents and what to look for if you're not using the revenue optimization tools which will help you do that uh, then you should look at at having some training because now we're in a very different environment from here going forward than we were for the last 10 years. Okay. And it's become a tradition now to uh, to get a closing tip for our listeners uh, from our guests. Ernie, you got a closing tip? Yes. For if for you investors who are ready to buy an apartment complex, uh, get your money organized ahead of time. Be able to show your broker or your buyer, your seller, where the money is, who you are, why they should do business with you, because otherwise you will not be able to make a deal. I think that's a great point. I mean, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of competition to buy apartments in this market, and you've got to show up with a great offer, and you better show proof of funds and ability. Unless you're a well, obviously, if you're a well-known entity, you're okay. But if you're not, you better show up with that. Well, Marvin, you got a closing quick tip? Well, I do. Uh, I think it's we're at a part of the cycle where it's great to get a deal, and mm-hmm. so just what Ernie and Michael talked about, you need to focus on. But it, uh, you should go long, uh, and if you're uh, if you're a long-term owner then you should focus on location, location, location. If you're not a long-term owner, then you really need to focus on timing, timing, timing. And right now is a great time in the timing part of the cycle so everyone can go long. All right. Bye now. Ernie, Marvin, thanks for joining us today and sharing your insight. Thank you. Thank you. It was great to be here. If you'd like more information from anyone on the show today, you can find contact information at commercialrealestateshow.com. Well, I have an invitation for you as a listener. Can you join us next week? The show will feature commercial real estate apps. The show's called There's an App for That. Well, thanks for joining us today. I'm Michael Bull. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is made available by professionals at Cone Resnick, BB&T, France Media, and Bull Realty. For more information about these companies or to access additional show podcasts or videos, visit commercialrealestateshow.com.